Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59, 27-point furnace tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. Warm up the grill, grab a beverage, and paint your face. What is that? I painted my face. You painted your face? Yeah. This is Danny and Dusty on Wild Card Week. Injured? Don't trust just anyone to something so personal. Call George McCoy at Warren Allen. Online at warrenallen.com. Danny and Dusty on 1080. Why? Well, you know, support the team. The Fan. Good afternoon! Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Uh, no Morangatang again. I'm not doing the uh, the monkey sounds. You're not doing the monkey sounds? No, it would just be a cheap imitation, and All right. that's not what I am. I'm not a cheap imitation. Uh, Big Will Ortner in uh, for Danny Meringue. Uh, how are you, big fella? Oh, you know, doing all right. I feel like I I feel like everybody else in the world right now, slightly under a hundred percent. Really? Yeah. That's what that's what you feel like. The whole world is slightly under a hundred percent. I don't feel, I feel like, like there's some guy out here who's like, you know what? Today's best day ever. I don't feel like there's anyone at a hundred percent right now. It's January. It's raining. Ooh. It's cold. Kids are getting sick. Yeah. You're around kids, yeah. or you're around people who are around kids. Yeah. I feel like everyone's playing a little hurt right now. All right, it's every- that time of year. All right, Ortner, you are in. Uh, no meringue today. We got a lot of football that we need to get to. You heard. And they're in the big, big, big gope, and it's super wild card week. I love that episode of Seinfeld, by the way. <laughs> it's one of the team. It's one of my favorites. Like, you painted your face. Why? Got to support the team. Got to support the team. Jeff Rust is here as always. Hello, Jeff Rust. What's happening? Um, is the stream up and working? Do we uh, have? We're just we sh- now getting it up there. I had an issue that we, the computer had to be restarted, and then I tried damn. to start the stream, and we had to log back in. So I All needed right. assistance from Joey, and yeah, mm. we should Ten, be up now. Ten eighty. YouTube.com slash 1080 AM The Fan. You can go watch. Uh, Tanner's already in there. Hello, hello. Uh, on the stream. So it is up and running. You are wearing your Girl Dad shirt. That's where you can watch it. Uh, hello, Girl Dad. Folks, the Vancouver Ford text sign was, was on this before the show even started. Right at, uh, right at 12 noon on the dot. We had somebody text in, everyone ready for Snowpocalypse 2024, a.k.a. Snowmageddon 2.0. The Vancouver Ford text line knows. This is the week people will start panicking. We oh, yeah. may or may not get snow this weekend. Be prepared starting today. Yeah. That is the important news of the day. Don't wait too we'll long learn. to go get your toilet paper. That's right. <laughs> It's so dumb. Nothing happens. First of all, it barely ever snows here. And when it does, like last year, it did, and I get it, and yep. it iced over, drive slower and you'll be okay. You'll get there. Just add an hour or, to everything. No. I'll, I'll, I'll go one step further. If you are worried about the snow, don't drive at all. Just don't go. drive. Call an Uber. Call, we, get a friend who has a truck. It'll be okay. If we learned one thing from 2020... It is. We can work from home. <laughs> yeah, right. We can. We can make it work, folks. Well, that is also true. I didn't think about that. We can. We can make it work by working from home for one day, as long as you're not going to be stuck out there on the roads. Because if you're worried about the roads, don't, don't, don't even leave your house on Friday. Just don't do it. Go and get your supplies now. That'll be fine. 
But get ready because our stores are about to be looted. <laughs> We're about to have shut-ins. And then it's going to be like 33 degrees and sunny over the weekend probably, you know? Right, or like an inch or two there of we snow will fall. I mean, last year. Yeah, just if, be ready. If I can get here in my Toyota Camry last year during Ice Mageddon or whatever we're yeah. calling it, you can get around town in your Kia Sportage. Buddy, I'll You'll tell be you, okay. I started working at 1080 The Fan yeah. in 2008 is when I started working here. Nice. We had a big snowstorm that that December, right? We yeah. all remember the big the big snowstorm. I actually do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I drove a Ford Focus that could barely drive in pristine conditions. And I had to run the damn board for a college basketball. It was like an ACC basketball game. <laughs> and me, my Ford Focus, which I did not have changed because I was broke. <laughs> uh, me and my Ford Focus, along with the help of the General, which is my sand wedge that I have still have in my golf bag, which has an American flag shaft on it. Is it your car stick? Uh, it, ha- it I call him the general. It, the general and a road flare. I got stuck in the ice, <laughs> and I went in there with that road flare in my sand wedge, and I hacked my way out. Me and the Ford Focus made it in, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I remember one of those years, too, where everybody was calling in saying, no, I can't make it, there's too much snow, and yeah, I was the one making it in in my front-wheel drive PT Cruiser. See? It's where there's will, there's a way. It's not that hard. You, like you just, you just got to add time. Yeah, just add time. That's right. Go really slow. Give everyone plenty of birth. Yeah, it'll be okay. You'll be able to make it in. That's what uh, Winters in Ellensburg taught me. Just give yourself extra time. Yeah, yeah. You're Ellensburg uh, prepared for this. Yes, it's not that hard. Mm. Everyone thinks like driving yeah. in the snow is so crazy. It's not. You just can't drive normal. Yeah, just don't be a dumbass. Right. It's it's the same thing with the rain. Like, as soon as the rain starts falling, like today, I saw two wrecks on my way in here today, and everyone's like, oh, it's so dangerous with the rain. No, it's really not. Yeah, you're just idiots. Turn your windshield wipers up. Wow. Give everyone else more room on the road. If it, the speed limit's yeah. 55, go 50. Don't be in yeah. the left lane like a jerk. Be in the middle or in the right, whatever you're more comfortable with, yeah. and mm. you'll be safe. It'll be okay. If I can get in. That's talking weather. Talking weather. Uh, this is a true hero here. Last year I slid into a creek because I had to drive to the meat market and pick up some prime rib for dinner. It was worth it. <laughs> there you go. Oh, did you slide into the creek before you got the prime rib or after? No cap. I believe it was after, and I, I hope he saved it. I hope he saved he, that prime rib. Like he was just like, you know, you buckled it up. Like, you gotta you know, go down together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he threw the, he threw that bad boy, kept it up out of the water, <laughs> just held it above his head. He was like, "No, oh hell, where's my you know? phone?" Yeah. All right. So, uh, weather's one thing that we need to uh, be ready for. The other thing that I don't think any of us were ready for over the weekend. What's up with all of our airplanes breaking <laughs> over yeah. Portland? We need to discuss this really fast here. Before we, I mean, this could be the worst day on the web, but uh, spoiler alert, it's not. It's Connor in the south. Uh, we. <laughs> We need to discuss what is going on with our airplanes because we had uh, a window bust open on a flight mm-hmm. over Portland, right? Yeah. Um, where I don't even know how, I, like, that's my worst fear, right? Mm-hmm. Emergency landing. Yeah. Right. Where a, apparently, like, a, a, like the whole door fell out? No, 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 no. That was a separate one. That's a separate one? We had that was two a of different them. one? Oh, okay. I may be wrong wait, on this. Wait, is that the window one? 
Because there's the, a window There's one. a window one yep. where, like, the window just exploded. Yep. Didn't yep. know the, that could happen. It can. And then the door fell out, which I also have another question okay. about the door. So were they both the 737s then? Um, they, I, mean, I know they've grounded all of them. I believe they were both 737s. But I, had thi- I have this new question that I, all right. I have learned. I had someone text me and ask if I wanted to go airplane door hunting. <laughs> yeah, that was in my neck of the woods because a door flew off. Yes, yeah. and it landed like in some teacher's yard or something. Yeah, around Cedar Hills. Right. Yeah. Well, one of my friends, who will remain nameless in case this happens again and they <laughs> decide to go and find this mm. airplane door, thought it would be a great idea for us to go and try and find this airplane door and then use it I think to it was sell back. Flight. I think it was, yeah, the the door one was on a, that was a flight from Portland to Ontario, down to Canada? down to California. Okay. No, California. There's a lot of Ontarios. It's like Springfield. That's you, right. You have no idea. When someone says they're going to Springfield, it could be like 50 places. But that is a terrifying thing. Door flies off. Apparently, like, shirt on the kid goes off. Phones go flying out. Somebody's iPhone survived the fall. The guy, guy was looking for the door. That's a purpose well, pitch. That's, they don't use that in their next commercial. Right. Right. The yeah. phone for if you lose it in an airplane. <laughs> yeah. Kid is, uh, like, people's phones are getting sucked out the window. Just gone. Your door's gone. Like, mm-hmm. what? what is happening here? It's great. And then they found, apparently, some teacher named Bob, he found the door in yeah. his backyard. He, lucky that thing didn't kill somebody. Well, right. But then there's the other question. Crash through a roof. So my onto friend, somebody's car. My friend wanted to sell it. Is there a market for that? For the door? Yeah, they no, want to go find the door it's, and then sell people it. will buy anything. Would like? Would you get in trouble? Is that part of like a federal investigation? Oh, it's an airplane that. that fell out. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. a door. Yeah. Can you sell it? I don't no, know. I don't think you can. I think the government uh, calls. Uh, well, just I, say, I don't think you get in trouble, but they one. would probably come and get it from Did you. Take, would they yeah. buy it from me, like no. a home run baseball? No, you're going to be out the money on that. I would assume. Yeah, what are you going to do with that? Like, I don't as somebody know. who owns a home now, I'm just like that. Just takes up space in my garage. I don't want that. See, and it, it's not going in my apartment, so I don't know what they wanted to do with it. Yeah, they wanted to sell it though. The doorway. Weighs 62 pounds. Yeah, that's going to kill someone. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, 62 pounds, that's nothing to sneeze at, man. And then it's falling from how high up in the air? Mile? Well, yeah, I'm not sure how high they were. I, think, but, I, I don't know. Have they fully gotten all the way up there? No, not right there, because that, that was a flight leaving PDX, right? And then they had to turn around and go back? Yep. Yeah. They couldn't have been well, I don't think they're going to truck along like, yeah, we're going to put up some duct tape and a tarp well, like saying, it's a Ford Festiva driving down the street. I'm just saying, it's not like they were on approach <laughs> from somewhere else coming into right, it. Yeah, 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 right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. That's uh, How big of a crater does that leave? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that's coming down with some authority. Right, well, because isn't the rumor like if you flick a penny off the Empire State Building and hit someone, it would kill them? So what would an airplane, like... That'd just explode someone? I would assume so. I would assume yeah. you'd just die. It got They, they got up to 16,000 feet. Oh, wow. That's higher than I would have expected. Before the door <sighs> fell off? Yeah. It'd be terrifying. Like, oh, look, a shooting star. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a door coming for your face. <laughs> yeah. You, but that isn't that it's crazy like, oh, how that happens? Like, uh, how, like, Tornadoes only go after like trailer parks and like 
that door found just somebody's backyard to fall in. Not a home, not a freeway, not, you know, uh, the highly pop, densely populated area. Like, I don't know. Like, that. that's just... You will talk about some damn luck. That door right. just falling peacefully into teacher Bob's backyard. Yeah, Bob the science teacher. And goodness. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'll be damned. Look at that. Got an airplane door here in the backyard. Nine one one. what's your emergency? Yeah, so there's a door in my yard. Maybe he was a math teacher calculating the uh, probability of that happening. He goes to class. He's like, guess what, kids? We're yeah. going to figure out the terminal velocity here. Jeez Louise. All right. Yeah, we uh, we need to stop having uh we need to stop having doors fly off our planes and windows popping open. That 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 stuff we just can't have happen, okay? How do you fix that problem? Just tighten a bolt? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. I saw that they uh that Alaska cuz I was in Alaska flight. Um which I always feel safe on those flights. My next flight has not been booked through Alaska, so I feel better. Um, they grounded all the seven thirty seven nines, niners, uh, whatever. P. We got a walkie talkie. Yeah, sure. I hear a niner in there. Uh, yeah, they they grounded all those planes just like as a precaution, and apparently, like the day before, they had like cabin pressurization issues. I was reading, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get to that problem." Well. Luckily, nobody was hurt. Apparently, like, there was in that row that the door went... Right. There were uh, the window seat not occupied. That is a little bit of, uh, you know, big man up above there looking down at you going, nope, we're not going to put anybody in that one. Wow, that's crazy. That So th- talk about the luck then. Yeah. Not only does the door fly off yep. and hit the ground, luckily not hit anybody else. That's right. You don't have anyone... In that window seat, because yeah. if there's someone in that window seat, they got sucked out, right? They would have to be. There's no way the seatbelt's strong enough to keep them in. Yeah. No, that they no. I think like from uh, the movies I've watched, the whole thing goes out. Apparently, like the back of a seat just like went out, like your tray table and that nifty little card that they tell you to read. Yeah. That's no good to anybody. That went right out the door. <laughs> How are we supposed to survive? <laughs> it didn't prepare me for this one. I knew I should have read that before the flight took off. <laughs> I feel like Never I've gotten... Never once read it. I, I, was, I had this thought when I was coming back from Arizona. I've gotten way too comfortable with the, with the, uh, with the pre-flight details, and this only... Yeah. Like kind of cements that that maybe I do need to go back and read that literature the next time I go through because I don't I don't want to be ill prepared. I feel like it's uh, one of those things where it's like yeah well it's gonna be tough sudden if anything goes wrong. But this was a story where nothing happened. Yeah. So I probably should go back and uh, read up on this. Probably thing. a best case scenario. I would agree. I would agree. If you're gonna have something go as catastrophically wrong as this, best yep. case scenario. And then maybe you fix it. Like, how do you fix these issues? Yeah, I don't you know. You just go to, like, a Boeing nerd or something? Like, you tighten a bolt? How do you make it pressure? I, these are things I'll never know. I'll never understand. Dear God, Will. Maybe go to a Boeing nerd. Yeah, like, maybe the engineers are going to be the ones that you should... You should you, yes, yes. Yeah. You do go to the engineers. But also, aren't they the reason they, that the problem is the problem nah, in the first place? No, no, no. How do you find a smart enough Boeing nerd to fix this? You got it. They got. It. They got it. They got it. Air 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 travel is very safe. Think yeah. about it. I mean, Think you're more likely flights. to die in a car wreck. Yeah. Qantas, Qantas never crashed. I'm always thinking about. Qantas. <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> 
Sure. Is that an airline? Is that, a, is that another movie for the for Big Is that Will's like list? Hooters Airlines? Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> I believe it's Australian. <laughs> no, that's, that's from Rain Man. Here's the thing with oh, uh, mm. never seen it. He's never seen. Yeah. No, we yeah. knew that. I'm aware of it because of the Hangover. You saw Footloose though. Over I did. The that movie sucks. We okay. You're not wrong, but this is what happened with Footloose is you miss your fear of watching these comedies and not understanding them. One, Footloose, not a comedy. It's a musical. Two, you did miss a lot of the context of the times, right? This was during like book banning. Actually, kind well, of is relatable book to banning now. Book banning kind of seems like it's always. But it was like book banning leads to banning dancing and fighting the man, John Lithgow, and, and all this stuff, and stooping his daughter. Like it's all it's all tied together, right? You sure. did miss a little bit of the times there. Sure. But you're right. It was not the best Kevin Bacon movie for you to come out of the gate with. No, it, it honestly reiterated my thoughts on Kevin Bacon. You should Bacon. have watched Tremors. That's more up your alley. Is that like a doctor movie? Um. Yeah, go into sure. it with that idea. There might be a doctor in there somewhere. Go, go in. Go into Tremors with that being the idea is that Tremors is a doctor movie. I got one more thought on Doctor Bob or Teacher Bob here, real quick. Yeah, teacher Bob, if you're Teacher Bob and you find that door, do you go out and do like a photo shoot where it's like you're laying in your backyard and you like put the door on your leg and you're like, ah, fell on me, <laughs> like, honey, go grab the <laughs> bottle of ketchup. We got a picture to stage. <laughs> Does anyone know a graphic designer? Does anyone know a graphic designer? Quick. Do you maybe go on your roof and throw that door down onto your car and be like, oh, looks like I'm getting a new one. <laughs> it's like those Twitter videos where they fake get hit with the golf ball and then fall down right next to it. First, you got to go to all your neighbors and ask them to poli- politely to uh, disable their ring cameras. Yeah, the front that's door. right. That's yeah. right. You got to make sure there's no, no, there's no evidence. No, no evidence. eyes on that one. Yeah. Like, oddly enough, all three of my neighbor's ring cameras went out. So right weird. after that, uh, right after that door came crashing down. I don't know what happened. <laughs> All right, um, enough with the doors falling out of the sky. Um, anybody that's on their way to the airport, sorry for that. Uh, but <laughs> we got a <laughs> via con Dios. We got a lot of uh, we got a <laughs> we got a lot of football that we got to talk about today. We had week eighteen in the NFL. We got some notable injuries, some collapses of epic proportions down the stretch of the season. The playoffs are set. Be ready, uh, everybody, to subscribe to Peacock or find a login because you're going to have to watch it on Peacock if you want to watch the Chiefs hosting the Miami Dolphins. Or if you got Xfinity cable, you probably already have it. See, I don't anymore. You don't? No. Huh. No, they said you're going to have to pay now, bud. Weird. Yeah. Are you sure you have it for yeah. free? I mean, I'm uh, assuming it's for free. You should check that bank account and make sure that those withdrawals aren't happening. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, but we got the NFL playoffs are set. Uh, but tonight, college football will crown a national champion. Huskies, Wolverines meeting up in Houston, Texan, Texas to crown the national champion. Uh, let's start diving into that game next. Danny and Dusty on the fan. This is a Wild Card Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. 4.30 tonight, we get the College Football Playoff National Championship game. Washington taking on the Michigan Wolverines down in Houston, Texas. 
For all the marbles, the dogs and the wolverines. I think uh, P1 Farhad, he uh, he summed it up how I think most fans in this area do. You, we have a lot of huskies here, but we also have a lot of ducks and cougs in the area that just say, uh, F the huskies. I hope Michigan knocks their teeth out. I'll keep texting until I hear it on the air. Congratulations, P1 sir. Farhad, you got it. You got that. You got that one in right there. But I, I think that there is a there. There's a lot that goes into this game because I don't think there's a doubt we got the two best teams in the country playing in this in this game tonight. Right, and it's two completely different styles. It it's the beauty of college football because when when you look at the playoffs right now in the NFL, for the most part, all those teams play mm-hmm. a very similar style and a very similar game. Yep. When you look at college football, I mean, the variety of how different teams become successful. I mean, Iowa is successful, and they don't even have uh, an offensive player. They don't even have an offensive coach, right? And they're a 10-win team, and they are consistently one of the better teams. So when you look at this college football championship, it's fantastic. You get to have a game where you have one offense that wants to score and score as quick as possible and score as many touchdowns as possible, and they're high-flying, and they're electric, and they're must-see TV. And then you have another offense that is built old school. They yeah. want to beat you up in the trenches. They want to run the football down your throat. They want to play man football and just take it to you and take it to you and take it to you until you quit. It's going to be a fantastic matchup in two very different styles. I don't know if we've seen a national champion who has not just been an underdog for the last three games in a row. Because think of that. The college football or the Pac-12 championship game, Washington was an underdog to Oregon. The Rose Bowl, they were an underdog to Texas. They enter the, this week. The line opened at uh, Michigan minus four and a half. I think it was, it's been bet up to five and a half. It's bet bet back down to four and a half. It's been fluctuating right there I've between got it to five and a half. You've got it to five and Ooh, a half. Yeah. It's gone up and down and kind of fluctuated back and forth. That's three week. The last three games they've been underdogs. But remember, Washington was an underdog when they went to Corvallis and they played Oregon State. They They've were, been an underdog against Oregon in both games, I believe. No, they were three-point favorites You're right, when they was closed home. up in Seattle. Home. But right. everybody was picking Oregon to win that game. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, uh-oh, there goes the jinxies. Whoop, sweeping back the other way. Here we go, though, with in a world of college football where the most dominant teams are the ones standing at the end, Washington has answered that bell. And they have been that underdog mentality. Like... And I think that's really hard for people to kind of digest here on the West Coast, and especially up in the Pacific Northwest, because you have <laughs> you have all of the the history of Washington, and for the longest time, Washington fans, you know, calling out 1991 as, "Hey, we've got a national championship. What does anybody else up here have?" Which is nothing, right? And the Washington fans. You went through that 0-12 season, and all they talked about was how great Washington could be. Well, they're back to mm-hmm. being great again. Right. And those battle of wills that you're talking about, this is really interesting. Because if you take what Michigan has done over the course of this season, and you talk about Washington's high-flying offense and the fact that they're going to put points up and they're going to score on you, yep. you know that. Michigan's defense has put the clamps down on everyone. Right. All season long. But Michigan has not faced a top 20 passing offense in the country this year. 
Well, and I think if you're a Washington supporter, that's going to be a number that you're jumping on, and that's going to be a stat that you're jumping on all week because this Michigan team, as good as their defense has been, the best quarterback that you've probably faced, I think you're going to go and say it's Kyle McCord. It's Kyle McCord, Drew Aller, or, or Jaden Milrow. To his brother. Or to his brother. Or to his brother, but again, that was the perfect sandwich game in a spot where Michigan's not going to come into that game fully prepared, mm-hmm. right? You just got done beating Penn State, your first test. You, the next week, you're going to take on Ohio State, your biggest test of the season. If you win that game, you're going to the college football playoff. They really haven't faced good quarterbacks or good quarterbacks and a good receiver. No, right? No, so they have not. How dominant is this defense truly? And if you're a UW fan, you're going to say, well, we've got three NFL wide receivers, Mm -hmm. we've got a great tight end, and we've got a quarterback that if he had stayed healthy the whole year, would have won the Heisman. And has got the best offensive line in college football, the Joe Moore Award winners. Exactly. And they're going to get their first true test, I think, as well, because Oregon is... Oregon is a is a really really good defense, but Oregon doesn't have the edge pass rushers that this Michigan team has, which has been able to help bolster that secondary, which is good on its own right. So I think that, and you know, it's not fair that the O lineman's going to be like the game's going to come down to the trenches. No, it is. But it truly is going to come down to how can this UW offensive line, specifically their left and right tackle, handle the edge rushers from Michigan? If they can handle them and keep Penix upright. I think Michigan, or excuse me, I think UW's going to have a chance to go sneak this one out. Well, and then you, you take into last week in the Rose Bowl um, on Monday, Washington did get a, a very, or excuse me, the Sugar Bowl, mm-hmm. not the Rose Bowl. They did get that test in the trenches, right? They did get right. sweat from Texas, who's one of the best defensive tackles in, in college football. They are very stout up front, but he was limited. And right. in in that, he got, he was injured, he was dinged up, he was on the stationary bike for most of the game. He was not at full strength. They've, they've gotten a test from a good front seven, but nothing quite as complete as what this Michigan defense is, to your point. Right. In, in their edges are absolutely insane, but so are, so is their secondary. Right. I mean, you think of Will Johnson, uh, uh, one of the best corners in the country, on the edges. Uh, they got was uh, Saint Sainer still the, mm-hmm. the on the other side, and then Rod Moore, the safety. They have got their defensive backfield is the most complete that they've seen. This is the best defense that they that Mich- uh, Washington has seen all season right. long. But again, it goes back to how much has this Michigan team really been tested? They have answered the the bell at every toll because when we when we talk about the best quarterbacks that they've seen, right? They had, you know, Michigan and McCord was on his way outs, and that was a, a cluster uh, with Ohio State. You have to his brother, Tulia, and that's the best, by the way, the best passing offense that they faced all season long was Maryland, Maryland. who ranked 22nd nationally mm-hmm. in uh, passing yards per game. Washington is a completely different animal than Maryland. And in that game, remember, that was a one-score game. Michigan picked to his brother off twice mm-hmm. in that game, but it was it came down to the wire. Jim Harbaugh wasn't there. Okay, you got you have to you take that into consideration. Perfect lull spot too. The other top passing team was Ohio State that they played. Also, Jim Harbaugh not there. They have only faced one top thirty passing offense in the country. That's Maryland. Ohio State was thirty first. If you take what Michigan has faced this season from passing attacks. They average 80th nationally. 
80th. They've played East Carolina, 123rd nationally passing the football. UNLV, 56th. Bowling Green, 106th. Rutgers, 127th. Nebraska, 129th. Minnesota, 126th. Indiana, 84th. Michigan State, 98th. Purdue, 86th. Penn State, 80th. Ohio State, 31st. Iowa, 130th passing the football. And Alabama, 70th passing the football this season. They have not seen a passing attack like Washington, which is number one in the country Mm -hmm. with one of the best quarterbacks, the best receiving core, and an offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award. This for, For everything that is, Michigan is the best front in the best defense that Washington has faced, right? you can say the exact same about Washington going up against this Michigan team. And I think that that adds a layer to this drama where this is going to be a tight game. Mm-hmm. They in, in Washington has been drug into deep water time and time again. That's where it comes down to what you're saying. Like This game's going to be one in the trenches. Can Michigan impose their will running the football against Washington's? Because as good as Washington's defense has been, if you want to say where they can get beat, it's if you can run the football against them. And they found a way to eliminate Bucky Irving in that Pac-12 championship game in Oregon's rush offense for a large mm-hmm. portion of it until Bo Nix kind of got loose and softened them up a little bit when he was running the ball. Right. They were taking those two linebackers, and they were keen on Bucky, and they were sliding down the line making sure he didn't have that cutback length. Blake Corum is just as good of a test. J.J. McCarthy, he can run the ball mm-hmm. the way they use Roman Wilson, uh, the wide receiver in the run game as well. They are going to scheme, and they scheme, They out-schemed Alabama Nick Saban in the yes. Rose Bowl. Yes, yes. This game is going to come down to Wills in, in the trenches. Which offensive line can impose their will on the defensive line is going to win this game? 100%. UW needs a big game from Braylon Trice. He has to play the exact same way that he did in the Sugar Bowl. Because when he's flying around and he's making plays, that opens things up for everyone else. And as good as Texas's D-line was, they were built more on their nose guards and their D-tackles. That's your interior defensive line, right? So they're great at stopping the run, which they did to Dylan Johnson all game long. They were able to shut him down, especially when it mattered most, right, at the end when you're trying to run the clock out. But where Michigan takes that next step up is they actually have the guys on the edge. Now, UW has the guys on on the edge Mm -hmm. as well at left tackle and at right tackle. Those guys have been fantastic all year long. There's a reason why this group won the Joe Moore Award. But if Michigan can get to Penix, which we haven't seen all year long, what does that do to him? As good as he has been, There is something to be said about a quarterback that has confidence in his offensive line where he's not afraid to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. He's not afraid to let that double move happen, to let the routes complete instead of having to throw a ball short, quick, because he doesn't want to get hit. Does that affect him in this game if Michigan is able to get to him? At the same time, does it affect J.J. McCarthy if Braylon Trice is in getting ZTF, into the backfield? Absolutely. Those, absolutely. I mean, if you're an Oregon fan, you still have nightmares of ZTF and Braylon well, Trice. Well, Tulan Tala, too, in the middle, the defensive tackle, mm-hmm. in the linebacker, those two guys are going to have to have a huge game. And to your point of touching up Penix, that's where the game turned back in Oregon's favor in right. Seattle is when they got to uh, Michael Penix Jr., I mean, mm-hmm. that's where the game kind of turned. Now, he made the big-time throws when it mattered at the end of the game. 
but that's where that game turned in the second and third quarters. Right. Was uh, was when they started touching him up a little bit, and he did get that little bit trigger happy. I got a question um, heading out of this. We've heard a lot about Jim Harbaugh. Is this Harbaugh's last stand? Has been the big question. But where does DeBoer land in the in in all this? Like. Absolutely nobody's talking about Kalen DeBoer outside of, hey, one at the NAIA level. Sioux Falls, look at him go. What would this game mean for him after Rust with SportsCenter? This is a Wild Card Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at WarrenAllen.com. On 1080 The Fan. I was getting my fix on all things college football national championship today. Watching ESPN and they had uh, McAfee sit down with Harbaugh and Kalen DeBoer. And it was basically just like a... Chris Farley show interview where McAfee was just talking to Harbaugh like... Hey, you 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 do you touch the trophy? And Harbaugh's like, yeah, I'll touch the trophy. <laughs> and you, they both touch the trophy. And Kalen DeBoer is just sitting there, like, glad I'm here for this. Like it was in the middle of a question he asked, like about leadership, and he just looks at Harbaugh and goes, "Do you want to touch the trophy? Do you touch the trophy?" And they both like touch it. And DeBoer's like, "Uh, I'm answering a question about Michael Penix Jr. here." <laughs> do you remember? When you beat USC at Stanford. You remember that? Do you remember when, when you were the comeback awesome. kid? You, you, you remember Kevin comeback? You remember that? That was awesome. That was, that was awesome. But all of this, all of the, the lead up and the hype leading into this national championship game is like Harbaugh, Michigan, right? It's right. like, is this Harbaugh's last stand? You know, can the maize and blue defy all odds? And it's like, hey, Michael Penix is really good. And he, he is rightfully so leading mm-hmm. the hype train for Washington heading into this game and how good Roma Dunze and the rest of the receiving core is. I mean, it, it truly is the talking point about this game is Washington, everybody rallying and coming back for one more. But Well, he fits, he fits the storyline, right? He does. So, like, I saw this tweet the other day, and this is, this is partially why I'm picking UW. Also, Northwest biased. It is what it is. In the college football playoff era, or yeah. since 2000, there's only been three times. This year will be the fourth, because whether Michigan or UW wins, it'll be the fourth time that a team without a top 10 recruiting class wins. The other three times, it's Auburn, Cam Newton, yep. Clemson, Deshaun Watson, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, right, at quarterback. So basically, if you have a special quarterback, you can play better than that recruiting class. So who fits that mold more, Michael Penix or J.J. McCarthy? And I get that they're built different, but at the same time, whether they're up or down, what team do you trust more? Because if Michigan ends up being down 14, if that happens quick, do you trust them to go air raid and come back? Absolutely not. But I definitely trust this UW Huskies team to do it because they're built that way. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's why a lot of this shine has gone on to Michael Penix. And I know you're about to talk about it now, but why DeBoer hasn't quite got as much love. I, I think that with Penix, too, in, in the construction of these rosters, I think you mentioned the recruiting aspect of it. 
one thing that these two teams did was they pivoted to in Washington, especially is pivoting their NIL money, not on their recruiting class, but rather keeping the guys that they had for this past year. Right. Right. And bringing everybody back. And they dumped a lot of money into that. And it's very smart. And I think a lot of teams are going to be doing that. And I, I think that, you know, for Oregon, for example, if you looked at the the list of guys that announced they're coming back this year, and you had a lot of those guys, right, who were kind of tweeners or guys that said, all right, hey, we're going to make one more ride at it. And they're not entering the portal. They're not going to the NFL draft. They're coming back for another year and kind of putting your eggs in that basket. It is a new mold and a new way that you can build your roster in the world of NIL. And I think that is that's something to, to earmark and, and keep mm-hmm. an eye on in the future is that, yeah, sure, you know, they don't fit the recruiting profile, but the development profile that they have in right. kind of building guys up. And by the way, they, what the, the guys that are succeeding right now have come from all over the, all over the country mm-hmm. to UW. Right. And they were the receiving core, especially recruited by junior Adams and that staff. Yeah. Pretty dang good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty dang good. And you hold on to those guys, but Kalen DeBoer, he is not Jim Harbaugh because his stature the unknown of it, the fact that he was a guy that kind of went and bounced around as a coordinator, and then he takes a Fresno State job, does a really good job at Fresno State, and then moves up to to UW. He doesn't have the name cachet, and if you look at it, he has not been a great recruiter in in the two years that in last year is you know you you take that for his first year on campus, right? Mm-hmm. This year, 36th, I think, was their recruiting ranking, 24-7 composite. Sounds right. Not great, not terrible. Can a guy like Kalen DeBoer use this as kind of the launch pad to recruiting better? And and mm-hmm. obviously getting to a national championship game gets you in, in awareness, gets you into more homes. But can't you don't have to be the most dynamic personality to be a dynamic recruiter. And that's something that... I think if you're looking at the hierarchy of Kalen DeBoer in the coaching world, it's it's weird how, you know, I saw that Missouri's coach made double what DeBoer did this year. That's obviously changing, right? Right. Has to if you want to keep him. Uh, very few guys. Look at the guys who've won national championships over the last decade. It is a very short list of people who have won a national championship. Mm-hmm. And... He can kind of break through in that in one, not being a Nick Saban disciple like Kirby Smart and Jimbo Fisher were, you know, who guys who coached with Nick Saban or Dabo Swinney, who is the other guy who's kind of wedged in there. It is a very short list in that. Like, I think we need to start kind of grappling what this game may mean for him to kind of turn another corner and not just what he does. X's nose wise, he's brilliant. And he always has been. Mm-hmm. But what will this game mean moving forward in a win or in a loss for Kalen DeBoer? Because if Stanford, or if uh, you look at Michigan and what Harbaugh was able to do at Stanford, and then he's done it at Michigan, mm-hmm. if he is able to kind of turn, win a national title, I think he's gone to the NFL. Right? I think he might be gone anyways. Win or lose, I think he wants to win one first. I, I think that there is something about Jim Harbaugh where he wants to win a national title and then just kind of ride off. If that happens, though, mm-hmm. and it, it is finally the clock strikes midnight for Washington, mm-hmm. what are we looking at with with Kalen DeBoer in the hierarchy of college football? Because the recruiting, it has not translated to this point. Right, but the wins and losses it has. Absolutely. 
I think if you're UW, you have to pay him, but I also think you have to pay him because of the way he's talked about your job. Oh, they are. They are paying him. Like, that's, that's, there's no ands, ifs, or buts. And like, I know there's a lot of people like, hey, what if, what what if, uh, what if Harbaugh leaves the NFL and then Michigan goes and, and swoops up to Boer? I don't think that they would because he's not a Michigan man. Michigan (laughs) is very clear that they like to go out and get Michigan men. I I do think they would promote more, especially this late into the process. But I think DeBoer, with his comments at UW, like remember when we were going through it, it was on the same day someone asked in the media, DeBoer and someone asked Dan Lanning about if they were going to leave or not. And Dan Lanning was very clear of this is where I want to be. And DeBoer was doing the classic coach, ah, well, this is where I'm at now. You never know. Grass green, you know. And and I do think that it helps that UW was able to get into the Big Ten because they're solid. They're never going to have to worry yeah. with the consolidation of conferences. Are they going to be in a conference that will blow up? That's not going to happen in the Big Ten. But I do think that it is important for UW's to pay and to overpay for DeBoer because he has proven that he can go out and get really talented players in the transfer portal and that he can develop guys who might have come in as a three-star or a four-star and turn them into guys who are playing at four- and five-star levels. I mean, most of these guys that are in UW right now are homegrown or he got them in the transfer portal. For sure. Right? I feel like at UW, you have to go out and overpay for him because he has proven in the way that he answers stuff that he is not afraid to look for greener grass. There's there's no doubt about it. That's what you do, though, when you get a guy who leads you to a national championship. And I agree with you. You have to. It'll be interesting to see how he's framed uh, come about 8 o'clock tonight on the West Coast when that game wraps up. And uh, we have a new national champion. Michigan or Washington. We're going to have a lot more on this game coming up uh, as the show goes on, including um, how this game won, some of the matchups that we're going to be looking at, and, and who's the West rooting for in this? It's weird. Where where in the world do the rooting interests lie, especially in the Northwest with Washington and Michigan. All that's still to come, but uh, Black Monday in the NFL uh, is the conclusion, official conclusion of Week 18 and the regular season. Not as much action as some were anticipating. Next on The Fan. This is a Wild Card Week edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by George McCoy at warrenallen.com. On 1080 The Fan. All right, Black Monday in the NFL, Week 18 in the rearview mirror. Some firings that have happened across the NFL. Like, we already had a, a running star with this. Josh McDaniels, Brandon Staley, Frank Reich all getting the axe early in the process. So we were already uh, three into the head start. 12.01 a.m. East Coast time. Arthur Blank can fires Arthur Smith of the Atlanta Falcons. Wasted no time. Saying that uh, he's not utilizing their weapons. He does have Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. I can't really blame him for that. But at the same time, uh, quarterback is an issue. And if you don't have anybody to distribute the ball to any of those guys, that, my friend, is an issue. 
in Desmond Ritter, not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. Taylor Heineke, not that guy, pal, either. I think they would have been better with Heineke than with Ritter. Like, that's how bad Ritter was. It was bad. It got really bad. Bad. But it was also, like, you fire Arthur, and this is the thing with some of these coaches, that you fire Arthur Smith because they drafted Desmond Ritter, and you have to see what you get. Right. right? You you have right. to see what you have at that quarterback position, so you have to play him. And that everybody wants to jump in and out of guys so quickly, but it really does take it takes you like a season worth of games till you know and you start having the idea of what this guy really is. Right. And you knew that you he went through this year and you're like he last year no, you just still didn't know. You tried to go Mariota, then you put him in at the end of the year. And this year, you start the year with him, and you're like, no, he's not it. That's Arthur Smith's fault? That Desmond Ritter isn't the the quarterback of the future for them? How much say he had in drafting Desmond Ritter? I don't know. But at the same token, that's them's the breaks when you're a coach in the NFL, right? Yeah, well, especially when you're an offensive guy. You're supposed to make them work. But, I mean, even when he was at Tennessee, as good as those Tennessee offenses were that he was the offensive coordinator for, they were good because he had a good old line and he ran the football because he never had a star QB. And he made Ryan Tannehill look competent. That's like, the best he did. Yeah. He made Ryan Tannehill a slightly above average NFL quarterback. Yep. So Arthur Smith is out in Atlanta. Then Ron Rivera, as we all kind of expected, he's out in D.C. He was fired early this morning. I feel like he was fired in November. They hired uh, Bob Myers, former Warriors executive along with Rick Spielman, former Vikings GM. At least they got a football guy in there to help with this search, but Bob Myers, the basketball guy. All right. Okay, Josh Harris. Like, you think Josh Harris forgot which team he was hiring for? Evaluate leadership, and uh, Bob Myers is going to be on that uh, old hiring committee there. If you can build a winner in basketball, you can build a winner in football. Isn't that dodgeball? That is dodgeball. You can That's- dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Build a winner here, you can build a winner there. So we're going to find out kind of where D.C. wants to go, and apparently the reports out of New England are. And I don't think that if you part ways with Bill Belichick, it's not a Black Monday firing. He gets his own day. 24 years, he deserves more than getting fired on Black Monday. But this morning Bill Belichick did do his press availability and he said he he's open and willing to do whatever's best for the organization, whether that is being the coach next year, not being the GM. He was just kind of noncommittal on all of that, just mm-hmm. saying I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna do the best work that I can possibly do. Being Bill. He is likely gone and they're gonna try to trade him, which if you got a guy with another year, go ahead and trade him. But here's the other thing is that we still don't know how much Bill Belichick gets paid. Think of that. He has been with the New England Patriots for 24 years. He has a fistful of Super Bowls. And you don't have a cap on how much you can pay a coach. How much do we think Bill Belichick is getting paid? He's also their GM, too. Yep. Right? Yep. Not not well, great at it, but... So do we know... So the top guy is... They're hovering around what the twelve million mark, I believe. Top yeah. NFL, he's got to be thirteen or fourteen. Like you've seen everything from as high as like, does Bill Belichick make twenty five million dollars a year? Does he make fourteen or fifteen million dollars a year? 
Like people are ballparking it at around like twenty million a year. Is that's, that what somebody's gonna pay him? Well, that's why he has to get rid of all of his players so early, <laughs> right before they get paid, so that he can get paid. No, that that seems high to me. But I would think that he would be the highest paid NFL coach. He should well be. deserve. He should be at probably thirteen and a half, fourteen million. Yeah, I I bet I bet it's higher, more. More. Really? More. He's like, well, I do two jobs, so I should be paid for those two jobs. But he, he is likely, in all likelihood, Not out. two jobs well. In New England. Yeah, <laughs> He did right? for a long time, though. Giants are cleaning house. They have not fired Brian Dayball, but they have uh, Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator, has resigned. They fired their special teams coordinator. The running backs coach is gone. He's going to go to Syracuse to be an offensive coordinator. Their offensive line coach was fired uh, today as well. They, I'm surprised that the Giants and Wink, Wink Martindale couldn't overhaul. make a deal. I see what you did there. Wink Martindale, host of Let's Make a Deal. That's a show. You'd probably have no idea what Let, oh. Let's Make a Deal is. I was like, you're really big. They have a new one, though, now. with uh, Isn't it Wayne, Wayne Brady? Brady? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, a high-level joke. And he, he, I'm not going to lie. I was like, wow, okay. big Wink <laughs> Brady fan over there. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever his name is. Like, I didn't know you were a big fan of the defense going out in New York. <laughs> that was a high-level joke, though. I understood it. I'm I sorry. I do. I, I am sorry. I do explain it for Will. I apologize. It's not his fault. I'll start making he was spy kid jokes again, and then no one will get any jokes. He was negative twenty five years old when that show was being aired. I don't. I don't blame you for that. Will. that's not your fault. That's not your fault either, Russ. This is a. There's no blame to be placed it's on. Just this. a generational just, gap. Yeah, it's a happened. generation gap. Maybe two in there. Maybe two generations have been gapped in in you. And let's make a deal with Wink Martindale, but. Uh, a, a rather quiet Black Monday. We could see Nick Sirianni being canned after the playoffs next week, though. That's a rumor that's out there. I mean, we could see a a couple playoff coaches. The the way Philadelphia works, too, I almost feel like Sirianni's gone. Because think about it. At one point, you were 10-1 and one this year. Yeah. If you bet the Eagles over at the beginning of the year in win total, you have to feel pretty good at 10-1 and one because it was 11. <laughs> You pushed. They won one game the rest of the, v- the, the year. You got the push. They look the horrible. All right, well, let's horrible. talk about that. Meltdowns to end week 18 in the NFL. The Eagles were one. The Jags are another. They were sitting pretty, too. This is Danny Dusty on the fan.